All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckocrats? What the fuck publicans? And the what the fuck nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. WF. WF? Holy shit. What's happening to me? Is it the statins? Is it, what is it? <laughs> this is my podcast. Just what fuck? No, the what fuck? Wow. Brain skid. Jesus, what is happening? I can I, I can do this. All right. Welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, this is Independence Day weekend. Uh, the 4th of July is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday. And as I do every year, obviously, where I live here in Highland Park, uh, on the east side of Los Angeles County, uh, the 4th of July started weeks ago. So it's a slow build. We're, 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 we're well prepared here in Highland Park for what's about to happen. I'm going to go up on, uh, up on my roof for a little while, and then I'm going to go over to my buddy Dan's from Gimme Gimme Records, hang out in his yard. I'm going to bake some stuff. I'm going to get back into the baking. Well, it's one specific thing, and it's a homage at this point. Uh, I make some hippie bread from Angelica Kitchen, in New York City, which is no longer with us. Angelica Kitchen has passed. It's moved on. It's no longer. And this this brick of brown rice, oats, cornmeal, apple cider is a very specific type of bread. I wouldn't call it a bread. There's no real leavening or rising or or even baking powder involved. It is just a, a brick that slices up. And uh, I make it with, uh, there's a, a miso tahini spread that goes with it. I found a recipe for it. I honor the recipe of the late great Angelica Kitchen in New York, and there is a lot of uh, of uh, transplants at this uh, shindig I go to who uh, who might know the original hippie cornbread, the hippie rice brick, the brick of uh, uh, supposed health uh, that is Angelica cornbread. So I'm going to be making that. I don't know what you're making, cooking up some meats. You know, we're celebrating... The, uh, the independence of America. Uh, and that, that uh, has different meaning, I would imagine, for the people of this country tomorrow. Uh, two very different ideas of uh, where America is going and what's happening, what independence means and what democracy means. Some people are going to be celebrating and excited about exactly how things are going. Other people are going to be sort of scared and thoughtful. Either way, whether you're eating in uh, celebration eating those ribs, eating those steaks, those burgers, those dogs, those brats, whatever you're eating, that slab of salmon on a piece of cedar. Some people are going to be eating out of celebration. Others are going to be eating out of terror and fear and just, you know, make it go away for a second. Those are the two approaches to grilling this year that you can grill for the uh, the glory of America in its current state or you can grill for the uh, complete... Uh, existential panic that you're experiencing and eat that shit away either way enjoy it don't blow your fingers off of course that's that's always good watch your kids with the fire and the bombs and the uh yeah watch them with that watch them with the lighters watch ask them where they got whatever they got and try to assess what it's going to do before uh, someone loses an arm it's not worth the fight <laughs> today today and for christ's sake be careful with your guns will you in my neighborhood uh, occasionally there's a habit to shoot guns into the air and uh you know that bullet's going to come down eventually 
as it did on my back windshield years back. That was on New Year's Eve. So, yeah, yeah, go easy with the gunplay if you could, either, you know, the violent kind or just the celebratory kind where you just blow a couple rounds into the air because those bullets, they do come down. They don't enter orbit. And for God and country's sakes, don't play with the firearms too much unless you're doing it safely. All right? And don't shoot anybody for for fuck's sake. Would you not do that on the 4th of July? Could we not do that? Oh, my God. Today on the show, it's a doubleheader. We have Chavo Guerrero, a, uh, a wrestler. He, uh, he was the trainer on the, for, the, for the women on the show Glow, which is what I'm on. And, uh, but he also, he's a legacy. He comes from a wrestling dynasty. He comes, he's like a third generation wrestler. Uh, he, and, and by doing the show, he was actually following in the footsteps of his uncle Mondo Guerrero, who trained the women on the original Glow show in the 80s. And Kia Stevens is also on the show. Kia uh, wrestles under the name Awesome Kong and Karma. Uh, she's a professional wrestler who actually had uh, other aspirations, as you'll find in my conversation with her. It was great. She was the one actual professional wrestler in the cast of the Women of Glow. And one of the things that's great about talking to the people involved in the show, outside of sharing with you what uh, what the business of show business is about from the ground up, from production, from acting, from in this show, you know, training. Uh, and also I'm going to talk to the writers and the uh, creators. Uh, what we find, you know, is all the things that are involved in creating entertainment product. Uh, but also this is a it's an interesting time uh, in the culture. And, you, you know, for someone who didn't grow up with wrestling, uh, it's hard not to compare a, a lot of the tactics uh, in the in the media uh, that are going on now to wrestling tactics. Uh, our president is one of the greatest heels uh, that's ever existed. Really, unfortunately, he's in a the the most powerful position on the world. And you know, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, the heel's an entertaining guy, and he's got an entertaining attitude. And some people watch wrestling; they love the heels, they love the faces, they want the heels to get their comeuppance, but they want the heel to come back and fight some more and be the asshole that they are. And I I don't know. I I, I think that in this particular wrestling match, uh, the you know, a majority of the citizens of the United States of America will have to be the face. See how that pans out on all levels. But, you know, the sort of Monarchian universe of wrestling, the sort of the good and evil, the simplicity of it, the spectacle of it, the execution of it, those emotions that are grounded in the story, but also in the, the dichotomy, the heel, the face, that's it. You got your mid, you know, people that go both ways kind of deal, but uh, it is honest. And I've been enjoying talking to people involved in wrestling. And I, I guess it's never too late, never too late to become a fan of wrestling once you get it. So this is me talking to the legendary Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero Jr. That's it, man. Sorry about your dad, man. Oh, thanks, man. It's okay. It's good. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a good thing, man. We, uh, for you, all you that listen that don't know, my dad passed away about, uh, I don't know, about five weeks ago six weeks ago two months ago something like that um it was good man i, I got a me and my dad were pretty close yeah but i could have gotten a call in the middle of the night him saying you know them saying your dad passed away last night was he ill he wasn't 
he he went for a gallbladder thing. Yeah, and they found liver cancer. Oh, so and it was already that far along. Yeah, it was stage four. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "You've given me like I don't know how many scans and yeah, nothing." And all of a sudden, liver cancer stage four unoperable. So I had five straight weeks with him. You know, really, and, oh, I, and I was good. with him a lot. So it was, it was good. And yeah. a lot of people were upset. He was a hero to many. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure, man, for sure. <laughs> it's a, the wrestling patriarch. Yeah, yeah, he kind of was, man. This guy was, he grew up, I mean, he, my grandfather was a wrestler also. It's back, so crazy. How far How far back, how many generations? Three, you're the third? It's three generations, but it, it's, it goes both sides of the family. So my grandmother met my grandfather because she went to see her brother who was a famous wrestler. In Mexico. In Mexico. What is that tradition of Mexican wrestling? Did that predate the American obsession? How, how uh, do they? Yeah, for sure. In America, it was still kind of very carnival-esque ah, I can't say that you had like guys like jo- Gorgeous George and right. those guys yeah uh, but who Ma- our president modeled his uh, career after yeah <laughs> yeah we can get into that right <laughs> yeah, jeez yeah. but uh, in Mexico these guys became more superhero-esque they started doing uh, movies and that kind of stuff so there was a a uh, famous wrestler named El Santo, who uh-huh. was my dad's godfather, actually, and my grandfather's partner at the time. Were, they, were these guys, were they doing the masks? So nobody did the masks in Mexico, and this one guy, El Santo, did the mask, and the studios, uh, the Mexican studios, saw the potential in it, and, and they started casting him as a superhero in all of these movies. Uh-huh. So he became so popular that everybody started adopting that mask. So that's, that's where the mask that's where started. The mask came from, yeah. So then our family doesn't do the mask because my grandfather never did. So we kind of we bucked against it, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Say we're we're too pretty. We don't need to do it, you know. But uh, so there was a yeah. generation of Mexican wrestlers that some were masked and, and some, some were, weren't. Yes, and now most of them start off with a mask and then they end up losing it. I don't. But know. But did did that play into the heel and face thing? You know, the uh, the mask guys were they always bad? Were no, they good? No, some guys good, some guys bad. It didn't really really matter. And everybody was it like a clown face? Did everyone have their own unique mask? Yeah, you have you have your own unique mask. You, everybody has their own. That's only their unique style, you know. But now Lucha as a brand is is the the Mexican wrestling. It's called Lucha Libre. Yeah. That is what's Mexican wrestling called. That's called like free wrestle almost. Right. Free wrestle. Free wrestle. But, you know, anytime you say now Lucha, that's, yeah. that's Mexican style of wrestling. Although they are good mat wrestlers, they yeah. do a lot of like acrobatics and it's it's very flippy and I'll do the ropes and all the different but stuff. But that's like, that. like seen sort of a resurgence in the last decade yeah. here in the States. Yeah, so everything's like, kind, of like, kind of like MMA is now to where you kind of have to be a high... Before when MMA started, you were either a puncher or you were a right. jiu-jitsu guy or you were right. a karate guy. Right. Well, now you're a hybrid of everybody, of everything, you know? Yeah. And that's what wrestling is now. Like American wrestling is definitely... Any, any like high-flying moves you see, that's lucha stuff. Yeah. Any real strong style hitting stuff that's japan style um really yeah any like real technical mat wrestling that's kind of that's kind of like um um european style and then throw it in with the american entertainment right version of it that's where you kind of get what is now but this, the hybrid. All, all these all these disciplines you're talking about are professional wrestling so right. it is a acrobatic theatrical scripted 
yeah. uh, 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 match. Yes, for sure, for sure. It's our main th- objective is, is entertainment, right? Not a great show, a great match. And all these other areas where you talk about Japan and Europe, they had they have been evolving styles for the last however many years. Yeah, yeah. Because wrestling was in France, uh, yeah. it all seemed to happen around the same time, right? Yeah, like, in the early you know twenties. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, that's when it all started, and it was right. really kind of at first like a like a carnival type thing, right? Carney, and then it just got bigger and bigger, and then then you got people. You know, that's kind of like how boxing started. Boxing kind of started with just guys would just bare knuckle fight, you know, and yeah, just, yeah, you know, right. proud to get around them. And then eventually you got to the, you know, the rules and the big stadiums and that kind of stuff. But still you're just dealing with in terms of how the outcome of boxing match is going to go. It's it's just the odds of the the fight record of the guy like right. you, you, you didn't know they, they're sure. actually beating the shit out of each other as wrestlers are too sure it's that we have the luxury of it being able to put on the great show i mean mma and boxing although i love all of that stuff yeah. you know sometimes you go pay for a boxing match or a mma match and it's, it's you know it's, it's over in it's, a minute it's over in a second or it's boring as heck and you're like blah this is a horrible yeah, you know right i don't know how many times i've yelled at my <laughs> at my tv and yelled at dana white from the, this, this, the head of the ufc and saying you owe me 59.95 jerk <laughs> you know yeah with wrestling you know it's going to go on for a while it's, yeah you know it's going to be pretty good so where did you grow up primarily I grew up here in in Orange County. And I'm you, from El Paso, Texas. That's where our family's, uh, you know, Mexico City, but then El Paso, Texas. But we grew up here in Orange County in uh, like Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley. And your area. dad grew up in El Paso? He grew up kind of everywhere. He was on the road when my grandfather was uh, a, a wrestler. He wrestled everywhere. So my my dad grew up like almost like an army brat, just kind of all over the place. Uh huh. And they settled in El Paso, and that's where he went to high school at. Yeah. And then came out here at the, at the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles. And so, when your dad was, uh, uh, like at the time that your father was huge in wrestling, right? It was still sort of a, a, a special world. It wasn't like mainstream entertainment. It you wasn't had- yet. It was starting to get there. Like it'd be very localized now. Like the we say the WWE's territory yeah. is 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 the world now. But you'd had different territories. Like my dad was part of the Los Angeles territory, which was called a Los Ange- um, NWA Hollywood Wrestling, and like people like Freddie Blassie start came out of there, and Roddy Piper, and and you know my father, and and other of course and where were they wrestling at the olympic auditorium the old olympic auditorium is now a korean church uh-huh. but it was built in 1930 for the 1932 olympics right and if you look at the size of it comparative to the big you know staple centers and stuff now it's relatively pretty small but that's where they had huge massive bouts and you know, the olympics and stuff were there so that's where he would that was his main the home of it did they shoot a local show there like where i grew up in yes. albuquerque they had it at the civic auditorium right. So, and then they had, there was a dude that used to host it on Sundays, right. a little dude with a white beard and white hair, yeah. and he'd, he'd be the guy exact interviewing Exact same people. thing here. And every, every um, basically territory, so you had, you know, here in California, you had the, you know, the, the San Francisco territory and you had the Los Angeles territory. Um, but in, you know, Texas would have, you know, four or five different territories, the Dallas, El Paso, San Antonio, Houston territories. Um, they all did the same thing. And they'd have, the, they'd have the weekly matches? They all had weekly matches. They had actually probably... They, these guys wrestled. They never. They wrestled three hundred days a year. Well, three hundred and sixty-five days a year on the year. So uh, on the every, road. They, on the road. Yeah. Oh, no, they wrestled every single day. There would be a territory. So like my dad would do here would do Los Angeles TV on you know whatever it was on on Monday. I, I'm getting these days wrong. Yeah. But on Monday, Tuesday would be Ventura. Uh, Wednesday would be um, you know um, let's say Fresno. Thursday would be San Diego. Friday would be San Bernardino. Uh, 
The, and they just go, have matches, so you never knew how many people were going to come. It wasn't you never knew. So you had one TV show yeah. that, that propelled all your live events. Huh. Typically, wrestling is a live event right. um, um, business. They yeah. use their TV show to promote their live events, basically. That's kind of how it's still kind of done. Yeah, and these guys got, like, you know, having, you know, worked with uh, you a little bit on Glow mm-hmm. and also, like, not growing up being a wrestling guy. Sure. Like, you know, the, like John Darneal and the Mountain Goes wrote that beautiful mm-hmm. song about your dad, right? Right, right, right. And because, like, he was a kid who had trouble at home and, you know, wrestling kind of elevated things. And, and who else who was I talking to? I was talking to um, AJ Lee. You know, she was one of these kids that would watch wrestling and, you know, she also grew up in a in a painful childhood right. and and in her mind it was like i can be a superhero it was kind of like <laughs> that's kind of like what we are i mean that they portray us as superheroes and the new show that i'm doing lucha underground really comic book superhero is totally what the way we go and you write it. comics and well i didn't write that one i'm that one's written about me the one you gave me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's called the warrior's creed by on by lion, lion forge comics but fabian nascenza who yeah. created deadpool yeah that that moved the, the comic in the movie i like that movie he wrote that book too he did yeah I, I I sort of like that movie. I, That's I, great. I, 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 never, loved it. I was never a, a comic book guy much or yep. a wrestling guy. I was always it was always rock and roll and shit to me. But I love that too. Yeah, there's yeah. a crossover now, and I just knew that there was a world out there. I'm like, what the fuck is, is that? It? But I never <laughs> like went into it. Right, right. But just covered. Yeah. Everyone's covered in blood all the time. Were I, they? I, yeah, they always said that blood. You know, red equal equal green. That's, a lot of times they're always bleeding. Did they and use stuff fake like blood? No, never fake. Always real blood. Yeah. Always real blood. You know, either there's two ways to do it. There's either the hard way, which means, you know, straight shot and bust you open, or they'd sometimes, you know, do a little, we call it the, the cut job. You know? Oh, really? They, yeah. They'd cut themselves sometimes at certain at certain points. That's that's hard to do because you got to do it and people are watching. It's not like you're so, it's like a cut and then you do it. It's, you know, <laughs> you're doing yeah. it in front of people. And if they see you, I always say wrestling is like magic. You know, yeah. you, you see um, Chris Angel. Yeah. We all know it's not real. It's an illusion. Yeah. But when he floats, I mean, yeah. he starts floating. You're like, oh, my God, how's he doing that? What? How's he doing that? Yeah. But as soon as you see the string, you're like, oh, okay. You yeah. change the channel. Yeah, yeah. And wrestling's the same way. We all, they know it's not real it's entertainment but if we can get them to like go god i I know it's not real but these guys are really beating beating the crap out of each other god is that real but as soon as you see the string which is you know a fake punch or you know the 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 typical wrestling fall or whatever it is then you change the channel that's something we never let them want them right but i think also people appreciate the uh the choreography of it like if you do a good job with one of those moves even though you know it's a move they're like oh that was a good one yeah sure absolutely sure sure. (laughs) i'm seeing all your guitars around here yeah yeah i'm 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 aspiring. Are you? I'm, well, I'm new to it. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I, I I'm not I, I'm not great at it, but I I seem to acquire guitars. That's awesome. And I and I like yeah. to play, but uh, but like okay, so so when your old man was doing it, mm-hmm. it was a hard life. But and also the fact is is that whether people know it's it's staged or it isn't staged doesn't matter. There's a narrative, and right. there are characters, right. and there are people there every week that they know who sure. they know who the rivalries are with, and you know some it's people. It's like a soap opera for men, is what we call it. Yeah, yeah. But but also there is physical risk, and there is Absolutely. you know these guys are beating the shit out of themselves for sure. We, I mean, we've that's a lot of stuntmen are really big fans of ours, like Jackie Chan and John Claude Van Damme yeah. and, and Chuck Norris, because they would see what we do, you know, three hundred days a year with thirty or forty different opponents, never really rehearsing, just going out there and doing it. And they were kind of like in awe, like, how the heck do you guys do this? 
every day on the road and just you're doing a different match every single night and you know they take they they go on, on set and rehearse it for for two weeks yeah. you know they're like i don't understand you guys are in it making the bread you yeah. got to make the money you got to put on the show basically yep so now at what level what was the wrestling world how did your like in your father's time that he was a big star what did that mean at that time i mean how big was the Pretty big. I, I knew. I knew we were growing up in a special family. You know, the Guerrero yeah. family. You know, it's kind of weird because you grow up being, you know, taken care of and signing autographs and that kind of stuff. And or not that I was, but my, you know, being around that that even being a celebrity type thing. Yeah. My, you know, my my family was. So it's kind of normal to you. Yeah. Uh, as I'm older now, you see it and you kind of really appreciate it. But like my kids would. You know, they'd play, be playing video games and playing me, yeah. and they'd be talking to their friend. You know, yeah. they're, they're like five years old. Say, hey, hey, which one is your dad? Yeah, yeah. And they just kind of thought everybody's <laughs> dad was on video games, and they're like, their friends are like, what are you talking about? My dad's but, not on video game. <laughs> but could he make a good living, your old man? Yeah, you know what? They they made good living, good livings. Yeah. It wasn't like it is now. You right. Much better now. Now it's much bigger, and and you know, Russell make a lot more money. Uh, back then, you know, they they. They made good money, but it's, you know, you get hurt, then you didn't get paid. There was, you know, no union. There's none of that stuff. So. Right. And slimy promoters. And very and slimy. You. Yeah. <laughs> you on our show. <laughs> I think next season, if we do one, I'm, I'm going to evolve into more of a, because the funny thing about that character and was that they told me that, like, your guy doesn't know nothing about wrestling. Right. And I'm like, perfect. Pretty, yeah, 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 pretty, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So now we're yeah. going to learn about right. it. And I wonder how they're going to go with that. I wonder how, because like, I, you know, I have the disposition, but now I got to be educated because, you know, at the beginning of the series, my dream was to do a movie right. and I had a misunderstanding of what was important about right. wrestling. Right. So I hope as the seasons go on, if they do, that, you know, I become more entrenched in the wrestling. You know, that would seem to make sense to me that since. Well, uh, yeah, you sure. I would think that's the way they'd go because you realize wow, it becomes we could successful. actually make some money on this right, thing, right, right. I guess when you were a kid, you did. It was just a natural thing that you were going to be a wrestler. Yeah, we grew up with a wrestling ring in the backyard. Literally, you did. I, I had a wrestling ring in the backyard, and we just—it was a family business. It's what it was. I mean, my grandmother took the—you know—she helped promote it and took the tickets, and we would sell programs, and other people would be at concession stands. And it's a real road show. Exactly. It just like it was like you're a rock and roll fan. It was like being. Like a rock rock right. star, all different different venues, all the different times, always on the and road. And it's a family traveling. affair. Absolutely. The merch, the the everything. ticket sales, everything. everything. The everything. Guerrero family, they're basically. coming to town. Yeah, basically, you know, yeah. So when did you start doing it professional? Um, my first actual match was when I was twenty three, so that was in nineteen ninety three. But you've been wrestling in that ring in the backyard since you were a kid. Yes, for sure. And your uncle was uh, your yeah Eddie Guerrero. He was a wrestler too, you know. So and he was only th three years older than me. He was one of my uncles. I had other uncles that were wrestlers also. Oh yeah, but he was the closest in age to me. And, right. Yeah, we were like we grew up as brothers basically. So oh, yeah. we used to wrestle in the backyard. Uh, we would camp out under the ring, you know, like that was our tent. Yeah. We would take off the top rope so that the second rope was our top rope because we were small, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we just we, <laughs> that's just how it was. We just lived in the in the ring. And what? Uh, and so you were twenty three. And what was the wrestling scene like then? Because it, it was already changing. You're thinking the Hulk Hogan years was probably in eighty. Three eighty four. Yeah, that's probably when it really got really big. Right. Uh, so by ninety three, yeah, it was it was massive. And you were, WrestleMania has already happened, and all that kind of stuff. And so. you were gunning for that. You think? I don't know. I was so naive when I got into it. I kind of was just like, yeah, okay. I'm How were you naive? You were like, well, yeah. you knew you wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be a wrestler. But the business. Yeah, you know, look, I'm I, I'm a. 
I'm basically like I'm a small brown guy in this big white guy's world. You yeah. Know? I was, these guys were massive. They were, you know, six foot eight and yeah. six, five, 300 pounds. So really, I mean, I grew up, I was, you know, five foot nine on a good day. Yeah. You know, I was weighing at 150 pounds and I always told my friends, hey, I'm going to be a wrestler. And they'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Even my family was like, you're just, you're just too small. You how big, how big was uh, Eddie? My size. Uh-huh. My size. So you guys were both- We were all com- about the same size, our whole family. We just kind of made it. I don't know how we but, but you were coming up at the same time, right? Yeah. yeah you he, and Eddie. Yeah, he was about, he was about, he's three years older than me, but about five years older than me or six years older than me in the, in the wrestling world. And and he, did you guys get involved with Vince and that crew? Not until, not not, not until we got established for a while first. We first I, started when this other, uh, Ted Turner owned a, a wrestling organization also called uh, WCW World Championship Wrestling. That's how we got introduced basically. Yeah. We wrestled in Mexico and did some other things, but then to the, the big huge organization was WCW and that got purchased by Vince McMahon from the WWF at the time and then he acquired my contract my uncle Eddie had already made the jump to them before yeah yeah and was he big on that circuit Eddie yeah absolutely one of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest yeah and did you see like did you when you got in what was your relationship with Eddie did you guys wrestle together did you yeah we were we we're pretty I mean I consider myself and from what people told me that at the time we were probably the best tag team in the world yeah i think so i mean there was other great tag teams out there you know but as far as everything as far as being able to do promos entertain and and wrestle and fight and fly and and do do everything be good guys be bad guys i think we were the best at the time i mean there's what year was that uh we started in two two 2003 yeah we had about a year run and then they broke us up to become singles wrestlers again and but, but at least you knew each other you they had a a, a a family language yeah well right? we, we'd been doing that our whole lives so when people when they first put us together they're like holy dick holy shit you guys are so good i'm like well yeah we've been doing this our whole lives we didn't we never really had to talk in the ring we just knew what each other was doing in the right room. We right just, like it was really like a a sixth sense that i i i would he where he left off i would start up right I'd pick up and vice versa yeah just unspoken communication yeah yeah it's very it's it's i mean you it's definitely different than you know being on stage as far as like stand up and stuff like sure that. but you but it's the same it's it's this sixth sense that you feel you get you become one with your partner and your opponents and the referee and the crowd you kind of you feel what's going to make them pop. You know what I mean? It's like we're, we're, we go up there. Like I, I consider the the fans as I compare them to to children, to babies. <laughs> ba- because a baby, if you you have ba- if you have kids, yeah, you you don't. They're crying. You don't know why they're crying. Is he dirty? Is he guys yeah. burp? Does he yeah. sleepy? Does he hung? Is he hungry? Yeah. You have to figure out what's going to make him stop crying. Yeah. Well, fans are the same way. You get out there. They they want to be entertained. They just don't know what they want. Do yeah. they want fighting? Yeah. Do they want wrestling? Do they want brawling? Do they want to laugh? Yeah. Do they want entertainment? It's it's you just you don't know. They don't know. You have to feel what they want and and honor and you can and you can and you you improvise like that absolutely yeah absolutely yeah for sure and you know when you need to get a laugh and you know when you need to do a flip or whatever yeah sure there's times when i just i'm I'm facing off with somebody and i can tell oh this is going to be easy they're going to come on every and anything yeah and there's times when i like oh okay let's try lock up boom that didn't work oh really yeah oh let's try let's try rusting that's not going to get them okay so then you got to start 
feel them out. And, Both of you in, in the match feel that. Yeah. Do you have a, do you talk from, about it? Out there pretty much now I'm kind of the leader when I get in the ring yeah. for the most part. So I'll, it, you just listen to me. And yeah. And yeah. If, it, if we don't get them, we don't get them going and we don't entertain, then it's the, the, the heat's on me. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So how much do you do it now? Uh, I, st- I still do it. I have another show called Lucha Underground that's uh, on Netflix now also. Yeah. The first one and two seasons that's really doing well. Um, so I'm talent on the show, but I produce that show also. So I, I, I used to wrestle 300 days a year. Now I wrestle about 25, 30 days a year. Why? Because of age or just because of like you didn't, you got tired of it? It's a combination of everything. I don't have to anymore before you wrestle because, you know, for, for money, <laughs> you know, now I got a bunch of other things that I'm doing, you know, so I don't have to wrestle all the time. Right now I'm in between shows, so I'm picking up other wrestling shows and wrestling signings. But usually as a, like a guy who is a, a consultant, hands-on you know, a trainer and, right. and, and that and, and occasionally talent. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For but like sure. what was any of your decision to kind of ease up outside of financial? Was it it obviously took a, a mortal toll on your uncle? Yeah. For, yeah. For I mean, sh- what for happened sure. to that? What was that generation like? How did how did he pass away? So for sure, that was a definite reason why i stepped back you, you know that you can't do this forever you can we say you can borrow it for a small time and then you got to give it back mm-hmm. so when eddie grew up eddie was growing up in that last my where my father he, he the, my father grew up in the wild west of wrestling yeah the wild west it was the 70s 80s that's the same as hollywood cocaine steroids nobody knew all that stuff was bad for you right <laughs> you know and if they did they right. didn't listen right they just was you know just they couldn't tell by their behavior yeah exactly <laughs> you're on the road and just it just changed you know so eddie grew up on that on the back end of that but he really grew up when prescription pills mm. got got bigger you know my i was asked my dad like hey man how come you never got you know involved with with prescription pills he what like, painkillers yeah painkillers and he's like, what do I want that for? That was legal. I yeah. wanted the illegal shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, what yeah, my dad yeah. always said. <laughs> so Eddie, you know, was trying not to do the illegal stuff and was doing, well, they're prescribed by a doctor. It should be fine. So, you know, having a lot of pain that we have, you're trying to mask it and trying to keep going. Yeah. And it's very easy to start saying, well, um, God, I got a little injury. I, yeah, I, yeah. Need, I need a pill. Yeah, I got a breakfast uh, exactly. injury. Exactly. Yeah, my fingers will. Yeah. 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 Hey, I might as well throw down a 12-pack yeah. with that too, right? Yeah, right. So... That is what really got Eddie. Now, he'd been clean for about three or four years when he passed, but just all the damage that he had already done, yeah. you know, scar tissue on his heart and that kind of stuff, and, and just pounding and being on the road. And, you know, we always say that, like, you're wrestling, you're kind of like like a like a piece of meat. So, yeah. like, if you have, you put two steaks on the counter and you yeah. beat the crap out of one and you leave one normal, the one that you beat up is going gonna, is gonna to spoil faster than the other one. Kind of like how... That's we, how, yeah, us, you know, <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> our wrestling bodies are. <laughs> so when he passed away, it, it was it wasn't shocking. It was shocking. I mean, for sure. I mean, I was with him, and I kind of I was the one who you were? found him. Yeah, oh, he really? died, basically died in my arms. Really? Yeah. We're out on the road. We were on the road. We were on the road together. Yeah, we were in Minneapolis. We were getting ready to wrestle in Minneapolis a super show for WWE, and then we were going overseas for a tour. And uh, you know, we just happened to be on the same flight. I, I he lived in Phoenix. I was flying in from uh um orange county airport yeah and i connect in phoenix and we're like hey we were on the same flight so we roomed together we ended up getting the hotel at the same place and then we um you know we went to our own hotel rooms and he gave me he called me he goes hey man um can can i talk to you man and i was like 
yeah, sure. What's going on? He's like, I just, I just need to talk to you. And I was like, all right, hold on a second. I go, let me get some stuff done. I got to go downstairs and work something out in the yeah. room and then I'll, I'll, I'll come up. So I got done with, with, you know, getting my stuff done and I gave him a call and I go, hey man, what room are you in? And he goes, nah, man, that's okay. And I said, no man, I'm coming up. And he goes, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm okay. All right. Seven o'clock in the morning, I get a call from the hotel manager and he's saying, hey, um, your uncle didn't answer his wake up call. So we went and knocked on his door. I'm going to call him like, oh, what do you mean didn't answer his wake oh, yeah. up call? And they're like, I, we, he's, we found him. He's in the bathroom. I said, in the bathroom? What's going on? My first thought was he had a relapse. Yeah. You know, that's my first thought. Because I, you know, you find, sure. you find people, you know, drugged out, sleeping on the floor yeah. and that kind of stuff. And it, it happened quite a bit in wrestling back in the day, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, oh man, he had a relapse. So we went to his room and I guess... They tried to knock on his door, try to open his door, that the, the latch was on it, so they cut the latch off. I came in and he was face down in his uh in in the um in the bathroom. Yeah. So we picked him up, like, well, this this isn't right. Started CPR, the whole deal, and uh, yeah, he died right there. Right oh there. my yeah. god. Yeah, man, it was crazy. What was it? Uh they said a heart failure. Mm. Thirty eight years old. Heart oh failure. my god. Yeah, right? Thirty eight years old. And then and it's weird because you got people that just abuse their bodies until they're sixty years old. Yeah. And are fine. Yeah. 30, Relatively relative. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they live. Yeah. For That's sure. sad, yeah, man. 38 years old, man. It was crazy. Yeah. It was, and it was a big shock to the wrestling world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. Uh, for sure. But it's glad, I'm glad you were there. Yeah. No, to, you know, and it was like just the thing, same thing with my dad. It was a gift. Yeah. I got to spend his last moments with him. Yeah. And he didn't end up dying in his wife's arm or his kid's arm. Yeah. If I had to find him. Yeah. It was mine. Yeah. So it, it was it was a gift. I oh. Anyway. And but did, in that moment, did, was that like sort of like I don't know if I can. No, man, you just keep going. It's just like like <laughs> Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we had a huge meeting, and you know Vince came to the hotel room, and the whole deal before we released it to the press and everything. He's like, "What do we do? Do I mean we're supposed to have the super show? Do we cancel the show?" And I said, "Absolutely not." I go, "Eddie would he's the show must go on. You don't absolutely not. He'd be insulted and hurt that you would cancel the show, and all of these people who paid their money." to see us perform were turned away you know my our grandfather always told us that you know these you got these fans that they may not have a lot of money and they're choosing to spend it on you you better give them their money's worth put it on the show put that show on so the show must go on and did Vin you announce it at the show yeah vince was was pretty pretty good to make it a tribute show we announced it right there well i mean it's a day of for fuck's sake yeah yeah it's right there live tv and the day Life. that that the day that he passed, the, you're on the you're on TV. Uh, five hours, six hours before we actually went live. Or well, how was that there. crowd? It was a sold out crowd, and the place. I mean, it went it, that mixture of grief, grief and shock. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, there's a, there's a wrestler right now, and I, I believe it's um, I think it's Sasha Banks. I believe uh -huh. she was at that show as as a kid holding up an, an Eddie Guerrero sign oh like I loved Eddie before like like he's my favorite wrestler and then finds out he's dead that day with her sign like what the heck so that, that's pretty pretty touching pretty heavy wow. heavy story yeah and now she's a wrestler in WWE now it's interesting those mm -hmm. wrestling kids become wrestlers yeah that's tough man it's tough I don't know how they do it I don't cause it, I grew up in the business and just to come be an outsider and step in it's so much it's so hard in politics and just learning how to be a wrestler well, it's, it's I, funny I'm, though yeah. that there is a way to become like there like when i talk to uh aj mm -hmm. you know you go learn how to wrestle 
You know, you get into a a local scene, you get the gym, and you you know you start plugging away. It's it's sort of like open mic level, and you know you hope you make a break. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's Hollywood. You're trying to break in, and when you go take acting classes, and you know you can try to get a commercial here and there. You just keep learning your craft, and you go waitress on the side, right? Right. It's the same thing. You wrestle, and you go bounce it or bouncers to somewhere, or they, you know, they work in a gym, and and they they do and they make it right, and they do the small matches. That's it, and hope to you know someone goes like, holy shit where'd that guy come from exactly so but now like you know when you have to do something like be a uh, you know the trainer on glow right yeah i'm coming into this world and i've talked to wrestlers as a guy that doesn't know much about wrestling and you know i've talked to punk and i've talked to uh colt cabana and i've talked to aj i've talked to foley you know my producer was a big wrestling kid sure okay so he keeps me in uh, you know uh, but you know we did a a shtick with foley back in the day on radio where we basically did a wrestling script on the radio awesome he's great where he kicked someone's ass and people like who were listening right like what happened to that day you know we it was a political show so you know mick is this you know liberal guy and we had this right. conservative guy come that. in who said he wanted to, you know, take him on. And we, we staged this fight on the mics. And then, you know, we we played it so it sounded like Mick was beating the shit out of this conservative guy. He was like, ow, hey. And we That's ended great. it abruptly. Right. And then we come back. Andy Kaufman style. Right. right. Yeah, right. And we come back. We're like, well, that kind of got out of hand. Uh, so let's just go on with the show. We got all this mail from liberal people. Like, that wasn't right that you heard that. You know, I yep. disagree with him, but I don't know what happened there. Right, right. And it, it, they, it's, it's the whole wrestling thing. If, you, if people ask, is, is wrestling real? Is wrestling fake? If you say it's real, then they say, they'll argue with you no matter what you say. Right. No, it's not. It's not real. It, it's fake. They do some fake punching. If you say it's fake, they say, well, it's not totally fake. I mean, they're falling, right? But, but, so no matter what you say, they're going to argue with you. Well, but, but the weird thing is, is that the emotions are real. Oh, yeah. That if you lock sure. in, it doesn't matter. You know, no, you know, no one's saying it's a sport. Right. It's wrestling. Right. But, you know, the, the idea is your suspension of disbelief and to get involved with these characters. Sure. I mean, it's like it's it's, it's I, I compare it to a movie all the time. There's there's movies out there. We know it's entertainment. It's not real. It's not real. But I leave that theater sometimes and I'm like, God, my heart yeah, like fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. But then there's some movies you walk out like, yeah, I couldn't care less. Right. Right. It's the same thing. There's wrestlers, some wrestlers that are so good at pulling your heartstrings. And there's some that, you know, they just they're they yeah. just they're just okay. Okay. Yeah, right. So the ones that can, can pull hearts, yeah, those, those are the money. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how does the uh, the job at, at uh, on Glow? How did that uh, come about? You know, that's that's kind of funny. I because so, you must have known the real Glow girls. Yes, my my uncle, my uncle Mondo, was actually the original trainer of the original Glow, Glow girls. And the, the one thing that's true about the show, even though it's a it's it is almost all fiction, but based on the original Glow idea, right. Was that it really was conceived as a television show, right? Absolutely. To sort of uh, make some money off of the wrestling craze. Right, right. No, yeah, nobody had ever... Girl, women were in wrestling, but, you know, very like a special attraction, yeah. basically. There was never a woman's league. Like a second stage thing? Like, now we're going to have the ladies come out? Yeah, kinda? yeah. Okay, now, okay. And then a midget would come out or right, a small yeah. person. We call them midgets on, yeah. <laughs> on wrestling because that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, or, or, you know, the guy would wrestle a bear, a special yeah. attraction. So the yeah. women would come out of special attractions. Um, for the most part, then this guy put together the, the you know, glow, this women's league, and it was just all women. And from all different, like the show is sort of like uh, honest in that they came from a lot of different types of lives. Yeah, they were dancers and actresses yeah, and yeah. models. Yeah. And they, you know, same, yeah. same on our show. So basically I had heard that they were, that, Genji Cohen, the executive producer, was was creating this show, 
And so I, I was like, oh man, I got to get, I just got to get in the room with her. Yeah. So I, I, I made a couple calls and she was at, uh, I think she was at William and Morris. So I pulled some strings and you know, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> nothing happened. And so no call, no connection. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. So then I ended up going on vacation with my family to uh, Lake Powell and we got the boat out. We're hanging yeah. out and I get a call from this girl named Shauna Duggins, uh-huh. who is, happens to be the uh, stunt coordinator on the show called Glow. Right. And she's like, she guy was referred to you by this other lady wrestler that I talked to named Eve Torres. And, and I worked with her on Supergirl. And, um, you know, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. I, go, I was trying to get in touch with everybody and, and they ended up contacting me. Right. So Shauna being awesome as she is, she was a stunt coordinator, but realized that she didn't know wrestling, that she needed somebody who actually was going to do the wrestling part. Yeah. They asked me to come in. They interviewed me. I had an interview at, at you know, Genji's uh, um, uh, office. Compound, Turkey yeah, office yeah, yeah, down yeah. Koreatown. Yeah, exactly. With Carly and Liz, the creators. Carly, Liz. I mean, I was, there was 15, 20 people in the room. Yeah. So we were in there, and then I was one of the last ones they interviewed, and um, it helped that one of the writers named uh, Christopher Diaz wrote plays and he actually wrote a play called the um the legend of chad deity or something like yeah, that yeah. and it was based on me kind of yeah it was based on this wrestler that was that was really good he was so good at making other people look good that he was so good that nobody could make him look good so he's stuck in this role of making everybody look good all the time yeah so he kind of wrote it about me yeah so we went and saw this play so he was a writer there so i'm having this this interview with Liz and Carly and stuff and I see this guy sitting there and they're like oh somebody wants to say hi and he's like hey man I wrote that play I was like oh yeah we met right and he's like yeah so I he's like man you were great and he yeah. probably put me over yeah. so and that was like oh, that, that helped <laughs> you know I mean I accepted him at 20 bucks afterwards but yeah who else are they going to get though on some level I, I mean who the hell were those other people I don't know you're man. the guy I guess man I don't know <laughs> I'm trying so, to be <laughs> so know. they hired you they hired me yeah and I and came you're like here's 14 girls that don't know anything about wrestling except for Kia Basically, you know, basically it was, there's 14 girls that don't know anything about wrestling. And then there's these writers and producers that don't know anything about wrestling. There's these set designers that don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> there's all this stuff. And I'm like, oh shit. So my, my job broadened very fast. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. I was having meetings with the writers and actually they were running scripts by me and terminology by me. I was ordering the rings. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, we can't use that <laughs> ring. Well, why not? Uh, that's a boxing ring. It's totally different. Oh, yeah. we didn't know. I mean, set design. Where should we put the ring? I mean, wardrobe. It was crazy. It so was what's everything. your credit now? Producer? Not yet. <laughs> Hopefully next season. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, sounds like it should be. We'll see. Yeah. I, I gave him one for free. So oh, we'll good. see. Yes. You know what? I, I didn't even know either. You know, I just came in and really just so came, came in to train these girls and, and you know put some choreographing together and then Shauna took me under her wing and then I was able to see what a stunt coordinator does yeah. and was you know behind but the camera but you also had to make it legit yeah for sure and right. I had to make sure these girls didn't get hurt and right. but the ring I remember the one the ring broke that day yeah holy shit yeah we had re-ran to that and made, one of the rings posts broke so what happened is that when we ordered two rings um the actual hero ring we call it the ring the set the set ring yeah um they wanted it lower for camera wise so instead of making new posts and making a new ring they actually cut the posts right, they welded down. them right they welded them down well i guess they did it twice mm. they said oh it's still not low enough do it do it again so when they welded it they didn't weld it correctly and 
The they joint hit, broke. Yeah, they hit hit the hit. hit that, what hard. was that guy's name? That, John 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 Morrison. John yeah. Mundo. His name's too in, in Lucha Underground. But he's one of my good friends, and yeah. he came in as one of the trainers on the show. As right, the I did my character. scene with him. Yeah, yeah, and he ended up. You know, he's a pretty big guy, and he hit those ropes hard, and it busted. Oh, that yeah, was scary. That popped, sound. Right? Everybody yeah. freaked out. Everybody freaked out. One of the I think Jackie Ton, one of the uh, the actresses, starts crying. Oh She's yeah, crying. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, but we got it straightened out, and you know, made the new ring. Yeah, and sure. what was the cat who you who worked with you? The hands-on dude. Oh, um, Marty Lice. Yeah, yeah, Marty, Marty. Yeah, Marty was is my head referee at Lucha Underground, and I've worked with him at WWE and other places. You but. two guys were like the pros. You're like the 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 authenticators. Yeah, for sure. We try yeah. to be, you know. So what was the you know how did you start? Because I missed all that. You know, I came in and they'd already been training for a few weeks. Right. So like you know when you have somebody like Kia, right, who is a professional wrestler. Kia wrestled under the name uh, Awesome Kong. Yeah. Who was all was one of the best wrestlers in the world? Big, big stud of a girl, you yeah. know. And uh, she comes in, and I'd always known her at this awesome Kong, this killer. Yeah. Then she comes in, she's so nice. Like, Hi. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is this? Right. So uh, I get all these girls that have ne- never stepped foot in a wrestling ring. Don't a lot of them don't know what wrestling is. A lot of them have never taken, have never done a sport in their yeah, life. Right. You know, I mean, literally, I was, I lined them up and said, "Have you all done any, done any sports?" Like, you know, I'm thinking soccer or basketball. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Well, I did dance." The other, another one's like, "I, I was in a Shakespeare play." I'm like, "Oh my god!" But what happened is that every one of these girls became that we we. I was I really tried and and Shauna. Duggins and Helena Barrett, our other stunt girl, really, really tried to tap into their like their inner athlete, their 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 inner strength. Right. And every one of these girls stepped up and became so good. And they ended up falling in love with wrestling. Yeah. Doing flips and falls and and um, you know, hitting the ropes and all different things. And um funny story, uh about two weeks in, you know, we're I'm training them. I mean, we've already been training for two weeks. Yeah. And I, I said something like, okay, so just, you know, cover the person and, you know, then that's how you win. And they're like, what? And I go, wait a minute. Don't you know how to win? You know? And they're like, no. And I said, hold on a second. Everybody stop practice. Hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Do you all know the rules of wrestling? I just assumed they did. And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you all tell me? They didn't know how to win. Like, you know, if you can get disqualification, disqualified yeah, yeah. or tap somebody out. Right. So, okay, I had to stop everybody and explain the wrestling rules. I just didn't, I they just, just so assumed. Hung up on the choreography and the move. Yeah, I assumed, you know, that that basically <laughs> they knew. And then then, then we got people like, like Allison, Allison Bree, who's one of our, our, our leads. And, she you know, didn't really know anything about wrestling, but became really, really good. Actually, yeah. was really great. Um, she she protects wrestling now. Like somebody, she did an interview, and somebody was like, "Well, you know, the wrestling's fake." She's like, "No, no, it's not. It's not all fake." Yeah. We, and she said they're protecting. I'm like, "All right, like, all right, girl, good, good." <laughs> so I, these girls actually became like wrestlers and fell in love with wrestling. I get yeah. texts from them still all the time saying, "Hey, you know, we really miss we miss meeting in the ring." Yeah. yeah. Well, that's beautiful. That's cool. Because like, I think that if there's another season, there's going to be more wrestling. You think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because sure. this, this the first season yeah. is all building up yeah. to to right. the that find that first match. Right. And a lot of the girls didn't get in. Right. You know, there there's only like there were really I think in the final five match ma- four four or five matches something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see you know to get them back in shape and then to get the, like get going again doing some more yeah, matches. Some of the Netflix guys asked me like you know we're, God, you know 
where do we go from here? Have we, you know, did you teach him everything? I'm like, oh no. Yeah. I, I taught him. I taught him this much. We I got so much more of my bag of tricks. And well, I, I hope I'll like be, in the next season that like you know that the matches become the sort of like a, a, a at least you know half the season that we moving right. towards these yeah, matches, going out of town and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know dealing with you know the real kind. You know, seeing me evolve as a promoter or as a as a manager, sure. and then you know dealing with promoters. Yeah, in that kind promoters, of stuff. Yeah, maybe get you in the ring. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's, I, I have to. Yeah, but uh, but so so you feel that um, you know most of them really got you know, they became sort of bottom level wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember I wasn't teaching them to have a, a match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I was like, teaching them to on camera to look like they knew what they were doing in a scene. Right. But at the same time, I had to make sure they were safe right. in the ring. So I, I really did train them from the ground up. We learned how to roll. We learned how to fall. We we probably didn't even hit the ropes for the first two weeks. Really, yeah. You know, really. We learned the basics because if it's just like building a house. I always yeah. use this terminology. If you build this beautiful house, but you don't build a found, good foundation, well, that, yeah. that house is going to crumble. I don't care how good the, those right. support beams are. Right. It's the same thing with the wrestling. If you don't build that basis, that base, that that foundation, yeah. which is protect, protecting yourself and protecting your opponent, yeah. then you're going to get hurt. Well, it's so amazing because, like you, you know, when when I talk to you now, that you, that if you weren't there that the legitimacy of the thing might have been hurt, you know, in the sense that, you know, the fact was, because I know Liz and Carly, and I know the idea, and it, it seemed like a good world, and they are right. playwrights. Right. So, but, you know, just the fact of, you know, the nuts and bolts. So Liz and Carly, literally. our other executive producers, were so awesome in the fact that they actually wanted to be true to the wrestling world, and they didn't want to insult anybody. You know, they wanted to, even though they didn't know totally about wrestling they didn't want to you know turn people off right so um you know i had a you know i've had different talks with them and they were really cool and letting me look at the scripts and kind of you know give my suggestions on what to change what terminology to change yeah which different ways okay i'm like you can't say that because you're gonna you're gonna turn off turn the wrestling community off because yeah. they're so loyal oh okay okay so how about what, we anything that this? made them look like they didn't know what they were talking about y- yes different terminology but like they'd say oh well, you know, and, and there was in in one of the the scenes they were talking about wrestling being fake. I'm like, God, you just you you can't say it like that. You can say it's entertainment or say it's a work or something like this, but if you say that, wrestling fans are going to go like, oh, you know, that, that, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. we know we're not stupid. Yeah, we yeah, know, yeah. but we we choose to believe. You know, yeah. so it's it's it's. You just don't want to turn anybody off right, like that. Fine you know? line. And yeah. Something. So they were really cool in changing terminology and changing changing wording, changing sentences. So I, I I was really proud. I mean, my name's attached to it too. So yeah. I know it's not my project. Yeah. But yeah. If if the wrestling, but you're the, the wrestling They're the guy. ones who are going to look at me. The right. wrestling world's going to look at me and say, "Chavo, you, you suck." <laughs> yes. You know, I'm like, I didn't write it. I'm not the boss. But yeah. it doesn't matter. They're going right. to point the finger at somebody. So you know, hopefully, I, I'm really proud of it, and I think they're going to be super proud of it too. So if hopefully they they are proud of it and they point the finger at me and they like, yeah, it. yeah. And uh, so, and I'm glad you got all this other stuff going on. Yeah, man, it's one of you know in Hollywood you have to diversify a little bit. You know, you have to you can't just be a, an actor. You can't just be a stunt right. guy. You can't just be a producer. You kind of got to do everything. And then also it was this amazing learning process for you to work with Shauna. That stunt stuff was kind of amazing. Huge, it's huge learning because you process. had to show them a little bit too, right? Yeah, well, well, when it, they had to do the stand-in stuff and didn't take the hit. Yeah, for sure. Well, these girls were they're stunt girls, so they it translates for sure. They. 
they knew a lot of what they were doing. They just didn't know they knew. So, I mean, falls right, and sure. stuff like that. It was just but, a form. Yeah. And they're gymnasts, too. So, yeah. they were able, I was able to teach them certain moves right. and certain things. And they, they were great. They picked it up. It's awesome. like the whole thing, the whole coming together of the team. And when I'd see all you guys working on it or right. see the matches and even the stunts, I found it very emotional because it's so, it's like, you know, it's real shit. Yeah. And we were, pulling, we were pulling for the girls and we were like, we're watching like basically as their coaches, like, like when they hit the move and hit yeah. the scene, right? We're like, yeah, we high five each other. And we're like, right. yes, that was great. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Yeah. And at the same time we're watching, I'm watching, you know, on camera and seeing the scene, if it see if it translated good in the scene, see if you know that okay, the camera caught that. But at the same time, I'm hurt, hoping these girls aren't breaking their necks. Like, oh my, oh my <laughs> yeah, god, okay. oh they're okay, okay, yeah, they tuck their shit. You don't want Allison to hurt herself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You or know, Betty or any of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Me and, too. And hopefully, we can go back and do more. And it was a, certainly an honor, uh, you know, working with you and talking to you. No, thanks for having me. Chavo Guerrero. The Real Deal, from a family of real deals. Kind of heavy story, but also a, 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 an amazing story about the process and about, you know, wrestle, what it takes. You know, it's really cool is um, I did a radio show. I did uh, Jim Norton, Jim and Sam's show in uh, New York, and I did it with Allison Bree. And Sam, who's a huge wrestling fan, was doing the the interviewing of, uh, of Allison, and he loves the show he loves um he loves glow but he's a huge wrestling fan so that's a good sign but one of the indicators one of the amazing things chavo was able to do and it dawned on me when i did uh when when sam was talking was that he was watching the moves that the women were doing and they would launch into a move and he would watch that move and if they added on something that had been added on post 1986 if it was a move that didn't exist in the time that the show was set in, he was going to just abandon the whole series. It was that specific. He was like, I watched a move. I thought you were going to go into this other one, and, and, I was, and you didn't. And thank God, because I would have had to stop watching the show. That's hardcore wrestling fan right there. And we wouldn't have known that. And if it weren't for Chavo being on top of the credibility of the time period and the credibility of the process of wrestling, we would have lost Sam. And probably a few other wrestling fans, but we did not. Kia Stevens is my next guest. And uh, this is a pretty insane story. It's a great story. And she was great uh, on the show. And she's an amazing professional wrestler as well. But it sort of goes to a different place at the end. That, you know, there's a roundabout arc to her career and and what she was thinking. And uh, I was glad that we made time to do this. This is me talking to uh, to Kia Stevens or, as you know, her uh through her persona's awesome Kong uh, or Karma, but this is a, I, I know her as Kia, so I went ahead and talked to Kia. You met Hollywood from The Real Glow. Yes. And you knew her from The Real Glow. Like you watched well, The Real Glow. I watched her from The Real Glow. When, when and you were, obsessed about her. Really? When you her, were, yeah. When you were a kid? Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. Because they were so, yeah. <laughs> when did you do you watch it? When how old were you when you first saw it? I was about eight and a half, nine. Where were you, where'd you grow up? In Carson, California. Where the hell is that? That's next to Compton and Long Beach. Oh, okay. And that's uh that was the that was the childhood. You were there watching oh, yeah. Glow. Watching Glow. Yeah. And asked Santa Claus to make me a glow girl. Did you really? Yep. I asked Santa Claus I asked for to make me a glow girl and I asked for um a Barbies and a rocker van. Uh huh. 
and I got the van. And now you're a glow girl. And now I'm a glow girl. <laughs> but it's funny because he, it, like, the show got canceled like really soon after that Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, there is some Santa Claus. Mm. He is not a real ghost. Screw yourself. And but the magic is real. I I can confirm that the magic is real. So do you you remember wanting to be a wrestler at that age? Yeah. Eight or nine? Yeah. How many kids were in your family? Three. So it was you and what? Two, what? Older sister, younger brother. And my younger brother would torture me because he watched all kinds of wrestling. He's, yeah. the, he's the original wrestling fan in the family. Okay. Three years younger, but he was the baby. Yeah. So it was like, you know, my mom was like, don't touch my baby. Uh-huh. So he got to torture us, but we could never reciprocate. Couldn't beat him up. No. Could no. not beat up her her lone <laughs> son heir. We couldn't beat up the little prince. Yeah. And he would practice moves on me. Um he would always every Saturday he would put me in the camel clutch uh-huh. and he would you know he's younger so he'd wear like dirty underoos where the <laughs> Superman was like black but he didn't they didn't sell him yeah. black you know yeah. and it was just like yeah. this is gross and I have to wait till my mom came in and I'm like ah let the girl go yeah so so it was in your house like this kid is he still a wrestling fan yeah yeah. Somewhat, not not as right. much as I am, but yeah, yeah. He, he knows his wrestling history and whatnot. Well, the weird thing was, is like, I don't, like, I, you know, I certainly respect and appreciate wrestling, but having not grown up with it or being a fan of it, when I go to look at, like, your Wikipedia page or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> Some fan, like, I don't know who, is it? I haven't read it lately. <laughs> no, but it's just the rabbit hole of it. Like, this guy's talking about things like deep wrestling, like all these different, you know, uh, associations, federations, where you were, matches you did. Like, mm. it had to be either somebody that works for you or, like, a real fan. Real fans. There are people that come up to me and tell and know more about me than I do. And they'll right. be like, you know, March of 2005, that match with I'm like, yep, yeah. <laughs> yes. I so remember that. <laughs> I mean, because I, I was reading it and I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can go this deep in this stuff. <laughs> Like, it was intimidating, but I guess like anything else, there are people that are just obsessed with it. Yes. And yes. they and you're like one of their heroes. I am. I'm actually one of them. I yeah. was so obsessed, I became a wrestler. Well, how, how how obsessed were you when you were a kid? Did you go to matches? No, because he didn't travel much to on the West Side. You know, we would go to like closed circuit television, yeah. um, you know, uh, viewings. Yeah. But not so much live live tapings. Uh, however, um, still I obsessed over it. And then I took a little break, you know, my teen years. I yeah. got into other things yeah. like, you know, New Kids on the Block and whatnot. <laughs> right, right. The, the, the regular pop culture. <laughs> you know, the regular yeah. pop culture. And then when um, the Attitude Era came around. Will I explain that to me? The Attitude Era with the like Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. and uh, The Rock and Triple H. When that when that popped up real big and the Monday Night Wars between WWE um, and uh, WCW, yeah. Then I got reimmersed in wrestling and I was like, yeah. As a grown up, kind of. As a grown up. What does Attitude Era stand for? Why do they call it that? Because, um, like back then, it was like. They would cut promos and not give a fuck. Right. Just like really raw yeah. promos and go out there and it was like not as campy. So so that that's what got you like back in it. Like, yes. Because it was so raw. It was so raw. Who was your so who were your favorite guys? Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. uh, Mick Foley, and The Rock. Like I've, I at the time I was a social worker and in my office it was just in sync. 
The Rock, and Harry Potter. That was like <laughs> my obsession. <laughs> so how, you were a social worker. Did you? So you studied social work in college, and you became a social worker. Yes. Really? Yeah. That, I, I didn't finish my degree. Right. But like all you had to be was like six months away. Yeah. And, and like I work. was like six months away for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I stretched that out like yeah. really long. Right. No reason to rush. <laughs> right. Yeah. If I'm you're doing working. a good job here. <laughs> so what? What? Like what is a what? I'm, I'm fascinated with social work. Because I, I don't talk to many people and I don't know what happens there. What, what how do you work for the city then, or how does it work? Well, I worked for a group home called Saint Anne, okay. in, in Los Angeles, yeah. and I started off as like a social work counselor, and right. then I actually moved to their. I became their activities director because I love to do fun stuff. Yeah, and so from there, kind of went sideways and got into the more really social aspect of it to because I, I worked with pregnant and parenting teenagers yeah and um you know they needed a break every now and then right. so i'd find activities for them to get away get away from the kid yeah get away from the kid or how to bond with their kid on an activity for oh, a yeah. very low budget you uh-huh. know so when they graduated out of st anne's they knew how to do that right so that so you were actually at St. Anne's doing that? Like you you that was where your office was? Yeah. Wow. How long did you do that for? I did that for about three years. Was it rewarding? It was very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. To see the kids grow up and to see them uh, learn life skills. Yeah, yeah. And they would come back and say hello once they left St. Anne's and they're doing really well. Uh. And now some of them on Facebook they find me and they're doing really well oh. shout out to Teresa Alvarado uh-huh. yeah that's great and what and but but wrestling was too too much of a draw for you, you, you yes <laughs> I mean because you know working in a group home yeah. these girls lived there right and there were times we had to separate fights and chairs are flying and I'm like shit yeah. if I'm gonna get hit by a chair I wanted to be you know in front of 30,000 people <laughs> <laughs> What, now, when it's a group home, they're there because they've, they've been put there by the state or they had drug problems or what? How does that work with a group home? Um, sometimes both. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, maybe they were in a regular group home. They got pregnant. So, you know, we took uh, them right. in. Maybe their parents are like really, really old school instead of the convent. We got them. Right. You know, because we, we were like a Catholic uh, related organization yeah you know, we had sisters we had nuns running around the place and stuff yeah and uh shout out to sister anthony claire <laughs> um yeah so we got all types and it was so odd because we got a 10 year old once pregnant and it was just like what and her baby daddy was like 40 something really oh it was just like you know did he go to jail that kind no no and it was so hard to keep them you know because they would have to sign out to go on leave and then sometimes he'd like be around the corner to pick her up and it'll just like enrage you like just like you what the fuck so and so a 10 year old 10 and she like she just turned 11 like two weeks after she got to us but when she we got her she was 10 years old was she able to have the baby yes oh my god she's very grown for her age but she shouldn't have been she was 10 years old you know but she had been grown up in the system you know so it it's amazing how grown up you have to be when you grow up in the system well i just don't understand why a guy like that doesn't get busted um, they worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it didn't happen. I was gone by the time oh. I didn't see that. Result. So we don't know. You, we you don't know. You don't know how that battle ended. No. So you were there for like three years. What made wrestling 
like a practical thing in your head? Like how did that, how did you realize, how did you decide like, I, I can just do this. There's a path. It was like a joke that went really, really far. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> kept going and then it turned into a career. I thought because once I left St. Anne's, yeah. I actually um, went over to an organization called LA Shanti and headed up their youth program. And then I had my own business because I went on Wheel of Fortune, won like 10 grand. And I was like, okay. Wait, you went on Wheel of Fortune? I went on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Do you have Do you have video of that? Uh, I don't. I'm sure, like ABC or whomever it is. But uh, yeah, I went, it was second generation because my mom went on with a fortune too. She did. Yeah, she. So went you're on like a fortune. legacy. You yeah, just, I'm a fortune legacy. So they let you in. It's like, oh yeah, her mom yeah, was on. Yeah, come on in. We love <laughs> legacies you, around here. Did you tell uh, Pat that? I did. <laughs> I did, and Vanna. They uh-huh. were they were great. Uh-huh. I didn't get to the last round, but I got enough money to be very happy, and I um, bought a vending business, and then so I was doing very well at a very young age. That's interesting. I know another guy did that vending business. Him and his brother did it in like uh, I think in Philly or somewhere. You just what? You bought a bunch of machines. Yep. And how how does that work? You just go around and say, "Can I put a machine here?" Well, um, you can find a, a company that will contract find a contract for you, uh-huh. and then they'll p- supply you with the machine and the contract with, like, yeah. you know, a business, a business park office or somewhere, yeah. and you just go in every so often and fill up the machines and collect your money. And that, and you were doing good with that. Yeah, I was doing, you know, yeah. you know. I think <laughs> if I stuck around with it and bought more machines, I would have done really well. But I had like. Three machines and I liked it. Yeah, yeah. You had three machines. I had three machines and they, they pulled off about two hundred dollars each a week, which was fair. And then I had the heading up uh, La Shanti, so I was doing very. What's I had a La Shanti exactly? La Shanti was um, an organization, a nonprofit for like AIDS awareness, right? And I headed up their Star program, which was somebody's talking about HIV risk, and it was a youth program. We would go around to the schools and talk about. HIV risk. And wow! So you really, you really were out there helping the people. Yes, I'm all about community. Yeah, you know, my house burned down twice when I was a kid, and we got a lot of help to rebuild. And I learned from that. How does your house burn down twice? I know, right? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> the first time was an electrical fire. Yeah. Um, my little brother burnt some toast. They turned on the fan, and the fire started in the wall. Oh, uh, that, that's horrible because you don't see it. You don't see it. It happened in my house when I was a kid. The whole house was asleep. We had just returned from Nosbury Farm real late the night before, and all I knew was I was asleep one minute, and then I was sitting on the curb the next. Yeah. That's all I knew, and the house was on fire. Oh, my God. The next time, my um, my play, my, my godbrother yeah. um, was in my room, of course, yeah. and was taking a nap, but he decided to light my pom-poms on fire. And if you remember pom-poms back in the day, they were very flammable, so you light it, I mean, went it just went up, and it burnt only my room yeah <laughs> and all my cabbage patch kids dolls and, and my barbies in the rockers van went up in smoke and then the rest of the house got really bad smoke damage oh. but um by god's grace no one died good either time either time so okay so how does the joke of wrestling start <laughs> my brother-in-law was watching mtv and yeah. there was a show called uh tough enough yeah and it was like, you know, if you want to be a WWE wrestler, you can come and try out and live in the house like the real world, basically. And yeah. then at the end, whoever's left standing gets like a WWE contract. And, you know, this is back when computers and internet's kind of new. Yeah. And he's like, can you get me the application? And he said it's online. I don't know what that means. And I'm like, okay, yeah. 
I download it. I download one for myself, too. And I fill it out for shits and giggles, and I yeah. send it in, and I get a call saying, hey, come out to Vegas. We have this, like, big audition, and I go out there, and I stand in this line with thousands of other people, and I get in the ring, and they're like, yeah, no, you're too overweight to ever be successful in wrestling. And I was like, what? I did not drive my Kia. Yes, my name is Kia and I drive a Kia. I did not drive my Kia through those mountains for you to tell me that. I wouldn't get out the ring. I was like, no, you. somebody else is asking me some other questions because me and my mom and my best friend know. My last little check, no. Somebody's asking me some more questions. And they did, but still they were like, shoo, shoo. Oh, really? Yeah. So then you, so that gave you this, uh, you wanted revenge. I, well, I just wanted to say, no, You don't dismiss me like that. So what fire got put under my butt and uh, another friend of mine said hey there's a show you know if, if the weight's the problem there's a show um, on Discovery Channel called Body Challenge yeah and so it was like kind of like uh, The Biggest Loser but right. way before The Biggest Loser yeah, came yeah. about and so um, I was actually too big for them too they were like you know what you're bigger than what we wanted to work with but yeah. you are so fun and bubbly we want you know yeah. we're gonna take you on <laughs> And uh, right, I'm just like, kind of too an, big for the world. It, it, an insult, but, but right? a compliment. But a compliment. Yeah. And um, so they found, they knew what I wanted to be a wrestler, and yeah. they found a wrestling school out in San Bernardino, School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. And I started training there, and they set up a, a wrestling match for me. Is that a famous place? School of Hard Knocks? Yeah. Uh, in the wrestling industry, uh, yeah, very respectable school, head by Jesse Hernandez. Before I, I go on, though, it's like, I like that, you know, your your avenue was always, like, through being a contestant. <laughs> right? I, I, I had to crawl my way and scratch and crawl that's a, my way okay, you get, Win 10 grand on Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> and I'm going to be a contestant on this MTV thing. <laughs> I even put that together, yes. <laughs> then, then I got, here's the other angle. Right. There's a weight loss show. Hey, you can win a trip to Hawaii. I'm going. <laughs> I love it. But but this was a school. Okay, so it's a respectable school. The guys are a real wrestler. Is it affiliated with a league as well? Like, do you do they do matches? How because they I, do do matches. Empire Wrestling Federation (EWF) is yeah. their affiliate wrestling federation. They do all kinds of matches all over Southern California. So when you get there, what's day. the reaction? Um, a little skeptical because you know I'm I'm brand new to wrestling, yeah. and when you come into wrestling, and you're a contestant, and I'm just like this contestant on the show, and I got cameras with me, and they're like, oh, uh, here's here this bitch with the big head, and she's got cameras, she's yeah. you know snooty right. and snotty, but um, I don't think at the beginning I don't think they thought I was taking it seriously, yeah. like I was going to be this fly by night person, right? That and once the cameras is gone, I wasn't going to be interested in wrestling anymore. And they probably thought like, well, this will get promotion for the school, too. yeah. So yeah. why it. not do yeah. it? You know, yeah. And it and it did, and you know, and they still put on the company's doing great to this day, uh, EWF. And so you stayed there and trained though. You didn't. Yes. You, you shot with the show. Yes. And did, how long did that go on for that show? Did 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 anything come out of that? Did you lose the weight you wanted to? Or? I did lose the weight that I wanted to. I got very fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they had set up a surprise meeting with China, may she rest in peace, at the time. And she was going back and forth to Japan. And so I went over to the New Japan Dojo at, um, to meet her. Uh, Where's that? That was in West. That was like in Santa Monica, West Los Angeles. Wait, now what is? Okay, so wait. Let's let's back up a minute. So you train for a while. You learn how to wrestle. Yeah, about two months. Only two months. Mm-hmm. And what do you learn there? You learn basic moves, and you what do you learn? I basically knew how to run the ropes. Yeah. 
throw a clothesline, and of course, our foundation of taking bumps, falling, and whatnot. right, right, sure, okay. So you knew that stuff. I knew that. So China, you you met her, or I met her. Yeah. They like they had like you know for the a segment of the show. Oh right, it meet was your like hero. meet your hero. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. And uh, it was so funny because at the time I was a real big Lita fan and they kept trying to make me say that China was my number one. And, you were- and I was like, no, but I'm a really big Lita fan. I'm like, I like China, but I'm a really big Lita fan. They were like, but if you could just say. Yeah. Yeah, so so when you meet her, it seems like it means <laughs> Right, more. it means more. But it did. I, I, would, I pop sure. huge. I love her to death. And um, since she was doing that back and forth, there was a woman's promotion, All Japan Women, and and All Japan Women in Japan was huge yeah. in the 80s yeah. and early 90s. I mean, just a magnet. To, for wrestling fans. For wrestling. Like, and, 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 and just general, to work as well. General pop culture, like it was, it's like a Japanese national treasure, oh, well, All okay. Japan Women. And they, and they had an office in L.A.? No, okay. he came out just okay. to find some talent for okay. a big show that okay. they had. Right. And um, a, me and another friend of mine, Shelly, we tried out, and she had years and years of experience. Yeah. And I just went just to figure out how, you know, right. what, what you'd want to try out. Chose me, and I think mainly he chose me because... I didn't have experience, and they could train me and mold me the way they wanted to, and not right. have to strip down any bad habits I had developed. Right, in wrestling. but they saw the skill. They th- they saw that you could be a character, that yes. you could do the thing. Yes, I mean, because I grew up in high school, I was a cheerleader, so I knew how to base yeah. very well, and that's very important. Base was that? What does that mean? Like if if you're going to throw somebody or have yeah. to hold them up in the air, I know how to hold somebody up in the air and not drop them on their head. You get that from <laughs> cheerleading, you know? Because yeah. wrestling is like a big dance, a big like slam dance, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I knew how to do that, and they could see that foundation, and right. they. they chose to bring me on and work with me and and you go to japan i go to japan and my job let me go for a week at the uh at the uh at la the, shanti yeah okay yeah. so you go like they choose you you go to la for a week and what do you are you go to japan for a week what do you do um it's weird it must be amazing to it, go to japan the first it time. was i want to go to japan i've never been to japan very nerd they gave me some tapes of japanese women's wrestling and it was wild um how is it different it's just so like in 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 America, you can go like twelve minutes, and in the first three four minutes, you're talking and jibber jabbering. Yeah. In Japan, you ring that bell, you <laughs> you're fighting. You're fighting. <laughs> and, I mean, for a good twenty thirty minutes, you are going at it. Yeah. Hardly, um, you know, in America, we'll hit each other and we'll sell it a lot. Yeah. In Japan, they'll hit each other and get right back up and start just clawing at each other. So, so it's really about the, the fight. Yes. I mean, it's Not vicious. about the show necessarily. Yeah, no, it's about this. You know, they report kayfabe, um, which is like how we separate uh, the magic from the viewers yeah. um, is alive and well in Japan. Like they yeah. report on wrestling in Japan like it's a sport, like right next to baseball and basketball. Uh-huh. They report on wrestling that way. So. Uh-huh. so, so it's integrated into the culture, and nobody sits around going like, "I don't know, yeah. it's not real." Yeah, they kind of, you know, they kind of ignore the right, right, the, the script, <laughs> the of script it. of it. Yeah. So, are the are the characters as defined there as they are in the states? Like, I mean, do, do like the like the people their their personas are they as you know dramatic and well defined? Some are. Yeah. Some are, but most are filled with the fighting spirit. Oh yeah. Yeah, just all about the fire. Can, yeah. can you get back up after being slammed down by a 
person of my size. Right. You know, where's that fire? Right. And that that's what it's driving. That's what's driving it. Not you know, not uh, ridiculous persona. Not ridiculous. Not no. Not driving it. But you know, you have a few, which yeah. makes it still fun. You know. So when you get there, you've got a, a limited amount of experience. And so, what transpires and what may ultimately makes you decide to to do it for life? Um, let me see. It's weird because my my first wrestling name was Vixen. That and was from here. That was from here. And I wore black leather because I just got fit. And yeah. I had big boobs and a big butt and a small yeah. waist. And yeah. Yeah. So I go to Japan and they want to name me Amazing Kong. And I didn't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I was like. Just in what, in nature, in what it implied <laughs> yes, in American like, culture. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I don't know <laughs> if y'all know <laughs> what that might mean. In America, <laughs> but so I had to. Be- Actually, this this happened before I even went because yeah. I, I went to the dojo, the New, New Japan dojo in L.A., and one of the wrestlers, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a WWE uh, wrestler now, was like, "Oh, Amazing Kong!" And he points at me and calls me Kong, and I'm like, "What the fuck did you just call me?" Right? What is this? <laughs> what kind of racist country am I going to? And then he had showed me a, a magazine. Um, article saying no, they they named you Amazing Kong, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> without okay, you, without <laughs> you really getting into it, yeah, without even asking me or anything. Well, what is the uh, the 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 history of the name? Was there what is it, what does it mean in Japan? Well, you know, it, demote, it denotes strength more yeah. than you know a racial slur. Right. And there's a wrestler named Aja Kong who yeah. is extremely famous in Japan, and just but at the time I didn't really know about Aja's background yeah. and Aja I didn't really I hadn't been immersed in Japanese women's wrestling right but I went home and I thought about it and it's so funny an NWA song came on yeah and I was like well if NWA can be niggas with attitude yeah. and own it yeah you know right I could be awesome or amazing Kong and own it and make that name mean something <laughs> yes yeah. and and so when people hear amazing Kong they fear and they respect that name. <laughs> yeah. To this day. Yeah. Right, right, right. There's no implication. There's no implication. Yeah. And then I get to do, if I get to a place, you know, if I'm famous enough, I get to a place where I get to help somebody else, then that endearment was worth it. Right. You and know? you did it. You, you 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 pulled it off. Yes. Yeah. So now, are your folks supportive of this whole adventure of you entering and becoming a professional wrestler? Uh, Yes. Well, they're supportive of everything I do but it's always like Kia's on an adventure yeah it's like okay okay so now she's gonna be a wrestler y'all yeah right. <laughs> she went on the before now she's gonna be a wrestler what, what else are you gonna do you know you're gonna jump out of planes next Kia cause you're always into something right, <laughs> right. but this one's stuck I <laughs> this guess this one's stuck so once you get identified as Awesome Kong and you accept it you move to Japan Yes, because the um, L.A. Shanti wouldn't let me go a second time. And I had no, this was just for a, one show, and I had no, like, real security. I had some savings, yeah. but, like, four, six months worth of savings. Vending machines are gone? Vending machines. I sold my vending machines, yeah. and I just sold everything. But I took a chance. I said, this is what I want to do. When I have kids, I want to tell them I did something wild and crazy when I was younger, because yeah. if, I, if I'm... A social worker now or in this business now i can always come back to it sure so why not take a chance and spend i was gonna my plan was to devote five years and immerse myself in 
everything wrestling and see what happens after that. And yeah, and it worked. And you went to Japan. I went to Japan. And you became a a huge wrestling star. Yes. Awesome Kong. Amazing Kong Amazing Kong. Amazing Kong there. Awesome Kong here. Uh, But Kong stuck. Kong stuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Couldn't shake the car. <laughs> now I have to assume that you're uh, an anomaly. You're like different, yes. you know, in Japan. Yes, I mean, like it must have been sort of historical on some level. Yeah, semi. You know, yeah. Aja was half black, yeah, and and half Japanese. But I mean, I'm a darker shade of black. Yeah. So I mean, I came out as a heel, heel. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's so funny because I worked with the sweetest people who just cared for me totally out there. Yeah. But they would do the most. They would request the most stereotypical stuff of me, and I'm like, I don't think y'all understand. <laughs> That's not what all black people are about. Like like what we did on Glow? uh, Almost beyond. um, Like, you know, they were like, can you dance? You go in the ring and you dance. And I'm like, (laughs) shh. So you're there for how many years? Um, Six. Wow. Six years. And I I thought I'd only stay for two. I was like, I'll stay for two and then I'm going to. And you're like a champion. You're like the. Yes. And you're doing both heel and face? Heel and face and tweener, you know, it, it was just, you know. Tweeners, what, what is that? Like in between. Oh, really? Like, you know, depending on who you face, oh, you know, if right. you're facing a certain kind of face yeah, uh, or a certain kind of heel, maybe right. you're in between just because of the size difference. And it was like, uh, you know, almost case by case. But if you're facing the favorite face, yeah. then you are seriously the heel. Yeah. So I was a tweener. And how did, how did the structure of the shows like evolve? Was there a staff of writers? How did they do it there? Um, there was mostly a staff of bookers. Yeah. Like, they didn't really write much. There was no script. No, okay. They would just, you know, have the lineup, and then maybe at the end of the show, somebody would cut a promo that would, you know, entice people to come to the next show. Okay. You know, like, next, you know, next show, I'm going to challenge you for the belt, but not as intricate as in America with all the storylines we have in America. Not as intricate somewhat but not really so i guess that goes back again to that the 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 reality was it was about fighting more than character yeah so you know like you're not you're not necessarily following the line of like a character through the years no like right i mean but you have a character yeah like mine was just beastly yeah but (laughs) which is which is why i got really good with telling expressions on my face because the first six months a year i didn't really that great of Japanese, right? So I just had to tell my story with my face. You well, they know? have a history of that too, don't they? Like Kabuki theater and whatnot. Yes. Like you know, yeah, they're they yeah. So you learn Japanese? Ah, yeah, a little Skoshi bit. Dake. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Yes, yeah. They like, like my friends say I have a speaking capacity of like a first grader. <laughs> I'm like I've had conversations with some sassy first graders. So <laughs> it's yeah, <good>. okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. So what makes you decide to come back? It was time, like something. Yeah, something just said, "Get up and go." Right, and, I, and there was no reason for it. I was doing well, right? Uh, but it was like, you know what? No, get up and go, Kia. And I'm glad I did because barely months after I returned, my mom got sick uh. of cancer, and and I took care of her, and barely seven months later, she died. So I feel very blessed. 
that you just like that I wrapped everything yeah, up yeah, and yeah. came back on time because you could be there for I could be there for her. Oh, that's sad. and then I moved on to TNA kind of right away, which it's, is uh, total nonstop action yeah. wrestling impact, and that's that's, and that's a league. That's a league. Yeah, that's like the second biggest league in America. Okay, right now. Uh, next to WWE. Next to WWE. Okay. You know, and that opened a lot of, that door opened and I went right on in and they started a really wonderful women's program there and just really elevated my profile in America. And But they changed you to amazing, Awesome Kong? Awesome Kong. Yeah. yeah. You know, they wanted to own it. Right. Yeah. That's the only reason? Like, that amazing, was the only reason. Amazing was fine, but they're like, fuck they're that. Like, Let's, don't you like awesome? <laughs> you know, amazing is great, but you're awesome. <laughs> While they're like doing the trademark in the back. Sure. <laughs> the so you don't own your name? No, I do not. And the reason for that is what? Like, why do they own the names? Because it's their company and they, they well, they're, they're came like, up so with that, it. So they can use it for video games yes. and dolls or whatever the hell yes. else. Yes, and they can control you. Right. And if you leave, go, you leave with just. Yeah, with your old name. With with your your original name. name. Yep, with your original name. Good luck with it. Yeah. Who knows ya? Nobody. (laughs) So they they didn't have a big women's program? No, not at all. It wasn't until um, me and about six other girls they hired at the exact same time, they started this really big women's program and and it gained traction. And like the women's program at that time was like the the largest rated segments on the show. Oh wow! And it just garnered a lot of respect from the fans and just got bigger and bigger. And by this time, you've got moves. You're pro. You know yes. how to do it. I know how to do it. And you learned all that in Japan. Really. Learned it all in Japan. Did you have tricks that they didn't know? All the girls knew their stuff. Right. But then you know we all shared and traded secrets that we all picked up over the years and oh yeah stuff. yeah because you know like i said in japan you hit hard you go and i mean you go yeah so i came in and like bam yeah and the girls go hey kia <laughs> so you know we can lighten that up a bit and make it look just as powerful without the actual impact i'm like oh so you don't want me to actually punch you in the face okay i can do that so in japan you actually punch people in the face well you know Yes people got no. hurt more. Yeah, it was a little bit more hard hitting than it is in America. No, not a little. A lot more hard hitting than it is in America. Still, still. Hmm. And how long do you stay over there at TNA? Um, two years the first time, a year the second time. Why? Why? Why do you move around so much? Like I was noticing that looking at your history. Like there's a lot of <laughs> matches. There's a lot of moving around. So like, what happens? I mean, oh gosh. I, I mean, <laughs> Don't what? Ask me that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, you don't have to answer anything. Um, well, you know, in Japan, it was Japan. Mm-hmm. Make good money, but it's not America. Right. Come to America, it's TNA. Made okay money, yeah, but it's not WWE. Right. So you're constantly looking to elevate yourself. To get into the big league. To get, get into to where wrestling is going to actually take care of you because, you know, you have a finite amount of years to do this right and then once you're done you want to have a nest egg so you can enjoy life and you'd like to be able to walk yes (laughs) that's that that too yeah yeah and you don't want to have all your organs fucked up and everything else. yes exactly it's hard it seems like it's difficult to take care of yourself yes it's very difficult because it's brutal it's extremely brutal the falls are, are extremely brutal so the chase is really to get to the wwe somehow 
Somehow, that's where the money is. And like when you're doing something like uh, TNA, like is there a path? Do you know, like you, you know what? Because like just as a comic, I mean, you know, the big game is that you want to get on Letterman, you want to get a sitcom, or you know, you're going to do your your stand up, and you're going to keep writing and you're going to keep working, but you're waiting for a break. So how does that work once you're a pro wrestler and you've got some name recognition? What 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 do you have to go through? I mean, you know, how many after TNA you went where? After TNA, I went straight to WWE. Oh, you did? Yeah, after a few months of uh, my non-compete clause, then I went there. Oh, so that, so it happened for you? You didn't yes. have to go do weird, you know, sad matches in the middle of nowhere? And no, stuff. I had to do that, too. Yeah. You know, the is non-compete called, clause is... Is that the independent circuit? Yes, the independent circuit. I had to do that because my non-compete clause says you just can't go from us to another big television show. So what what is that independent circuit like? Where How do you find fights in that? Mostly they find you. Yeah. You know, um, if you have... They hear you're out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, good. There's yeah. another one that's really good. We exactly. can use around but, uh, and you didn't know what you were walking into. You what is it? You never knew. <laughs> I mean, somebody like one time somebody tried to make up the difference in hot dogs. No, oh. and I was like, no. Oh man. So, but were it's they going to travel well? But dude. but they met. They always met basic requirements like yes. a safe ring, some sort of venue. Uh, <laughs> wish I would have requested that. No, um, basic requirements was usually. Um, an air ticket and a hotel and transportation to and from the venue. So you didn't know what the venue was or no. whether the ring was anything or no. whether there was a ring? Whether there was a ring or usually there was a ring, yeah. but whether it was safe or not, yeah. I don't know. Oh, you man. know, it was just like, take care of yourself. You know, sometimes be, the boards would be warped and you have like a TP in the middle <laughs> of the <laughs> ring. Do, and, what are the, and crowds were hit or miss? Or usually they're good crowds? Usually, if they bring someone like me in that had uh, semi name, yeah, yeah. They, they would draw pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because sometimes they would draw these independent shows would draw better than when TNA would go out on the road. And huh. I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, what's up with that? Maybe ticket cost, or maybe I like, think promotion. And also, I, I bet you, like, there's a lot of wrestling fans that prefer independent. Like, Probably. They think yes. they're like, like punk rock. Like, yes. You know, Fuck TNA, fuck yeah. WWE. Yeah, independence where it's happening. That's where, yeah, yeah it's raw. raw. <laughs> <laughs> so you did that for a while, and then you get your WWE break. Yes, and I was in Boston at the time, and I drive down there, just thinking I was going to say, you know, hi, I'm Kia, hello, and they hired me that day, and it was like a dream. It was just like floating on the air. Yeah. Yeah. I was just happy just to walk in the building and say, hey, yeah. I walked in the building over there. But they knew you. Yes. Like, you know, your reputation preceded you and your skill set preceded you. Yes. It wasn't like you were some greenhorn that just came in. They didn't know, who is this woman? No, they they knew me from TNA and, and the independent circuit because girls, I had never sent anything to WWE because I was waiting on my non-compete clause. But girls from the independent circuit that I faced, when they would send stuff in, they would yeah. send their best stuff in. Right. And their best stuff was in with you? was with me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, they did your work for you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, girls. <laughs> so so you get hired and it's like, it's a, that's it. It's a dream come true. It's a dream come true. And they're gonna, you're going to fight under Amazing Kong? No, we came up with a different name. Oh, because uh, TNA owned Amazing Kong. TNA owned Awesome Kong, so yeah, let's oh, come awesome up with Kong. some. Let's you know they they were like, if you had a magic wand, what would you want to be? Yeah, and I was like, 
You're giving me the wand? <laughs> what? <laughs> Boom, I want another Barbies and Arkham yeah. No, um feel your house gonna you, have to burn down. Right? Yeah. Um I came up with the name Karma. I came up with a bunch of different Karma's names. Karma's a good name. Thank you. Yes. Um but it could I, go either way. It could go either way. Right. Definitely. And I live my life through karma. I yeah. I sternly believe you get what you put out there in yeah. the universe. Right. And I it was like eight names I submitted and some of them were ridiculous because I was like it's wrestling so they're going to want like a and I'm like their first oh, um, BBW girl yeah. so maybe I should pick a name that the initials are like BBW how about Barcissa be wicked yes <laughs> yes Barcissa yes this is genius what oh is yes oh whoa, whoa. and <laughs> I picked up like some ridiculous what names what is BBW like a big beautiful woman. Okay, that's what that stands for. I'm sorry, I'm an old white man. BBW, big beautiful <laughs> that, woman. That, that's what. It, that's the uh, the abbreviation. Yeah. Like if you're texting or you put. Yeah. Uh, okay. BBW, Got it. big right. beautiful woman. Got it. And so I'm like their first big BBW DUS. So yeah. you know maybe they're gonna want me to be like ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. but no, that's not what they want. I'm like, hey, no, what do you want? And. um I put Karma. Karma was the last name. It was like a throw-in. Yeah. It was like, oh, turning your list in like two minutes. Okay. Uh, karma. Yeah. And I'm going to spell it with an H because, you know, they like to trademark shit. So yeah. here. Yeah. And then and Vince picked Karma. Wow. Yeah. So when, how how long before you start fighting? Uh, About two months. Now, do you have to decide two, three months who later. decides outfits and stuff? Um, They wanted me to de- debut very big. And so you already had long hair, right? You said like I had didn't braids. you have like signature braids? Yes, like signature wild braids. Woman. Yes, yeah. And um, so they wanted a new, a, not a new look, but kind of a you know, kind of similar, kind of recognizable, but different. Mm-hmm. And so they found a seamstress in New York, and we made this Kong. I mean, this Karma suit, yeah, and or gear, battle mm-hmm. gear, and um, I debut and. For about four weeks, it's just this massive debut. Uh, at first, they did like vignettes of me like breaking Barbie dolls, and people got excited and they're like, "Yes!" And then I debut, and I'm like killing it. And then the stick turned blue. Oh shit! Yeah, really? Turned blue? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck! What?" <laughs> <laughs> wait time out <laughs> what and it was four weeks in four weeks in man and i was like what no Ugh. that's no yeah and go to the doctor she's like congratulations i'm uh, like for oh, what what <laughs> oh man that's one thing you don't want to go to vincing man with Ugh. and i had to go and convincing man to say hey you remember all that money you just put into me that big debut we had yeah. can I take nine months off man <laughs> what a baby <laughs> but you had to do that I had to do that and yeah. it's it, they were very supportive um, some people though congratulated me and it was very obvious that they were like congratulations great you fucked up your career oh. <laughs> uh but you know, um, there was never a question as to whether you would have the baby or not. For me, no. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you have the baby. I'm having a baby. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So were uh, you with the man? Yes. Oh, good. You met him, Dan. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So okay, so 
so right at that at four week mark, when do you take? Do they? Does it stop there? Yeah, oh, kind of immediately. It. I do like because they don't want to put any more money in because in three months you're not gonna be able to work. Right, we do a a promo with me in the ring. Hmm. First day I'm crying, and the next day I cut a promo saying, "Hey, I'm having a baby. I'll be back. Thank you." Yeah. Well, not. Um, but it, it was not meant to be. Lost the baby, oh. and that was emotionally really oh soul crushing. To this day, it's very very hard. Like when we filmed episode two, I was very like. Wait, what, what, what happened in episode two? Mail rolls with the ketchup. Oh. And I was like, I, I really? don't know. I know nobody knows, but this is torture. Wow. Um, but watching it yeah. at the premiere was funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I laughed so hard. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the show that, like, I imagine for me being the dick that I am on the show is a little different. But, you know, some of the stuff that the women go through is like fucking, you know, some yeah. real shit. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I'm there. But like, like I wasn't going to register a miscarriage in the same way. Certainly. Right. Yeah. So well, how long into it before the, when that happened? About six months. Oh, my God. Yeah. Late term. We had to deliver and everything. It was very, it had complications and, you know, hospitalized in and out for yeah. a couple of months. Yeah. Blood transfusions. It was just yeah. hard. Yeah. So it took me a while to come back. I came back that January at the Royal Rumble. And that was the last time anyone saw me in WWE ever again. On who, whose choice was that? Uh, the companies. Yeah. I just, I think they felt I wasn't in the shape or emotional space I needed to be to be on the road. And they were they were right. They were. Yeah. Because you were just so uh, broken up about it. I was just very it. broken up. How long did that last? Uh, three years. Oh, boy. And you so, To this day, but three years of very just... I'm right. in the house. I'm shut off from the world. Don't talk to me. It'll be okay someday, but right now I just need to sit here. So you didn't work at all? Mm, I worked, but it was very, I was on autopilot. Right. You know, she got to eat. Yeah. But I was on auto, autopilot. I didn't socialize, but I would go do Because you were just thing. heartbroken. Yeah. Just go do my thing and come back home, and that was it. Because thankfully, with wrestling, you only have to do it, like, maybe five six times a month to yeah. keep things afloat what what sort of gave way that enabled you to kind of start functioning again i think once you know your body goes through changes yeah. once the hormones and the postpartum calms down yeah and i'm dan and i were on a good foot yeah and we had moved and so we're in this new space yeah and then oddly TNA came back into my life, gave me a call and said, Hey, we want you to come back. And I can't I was like, Well, okay, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not really doing anything. I will come back as long as it's fun and I'll stay as long as it's fun. Yeah. And I did. I stayed as long as it was fun. And once it wasn't fun anymore You left. I was gone. How long was that for? A year. Yeah. Almost exactly. But it helped you get out of the. It out of did. The, the it funk. Was, oh, that year was such a blast because oh, I just di I just didn't care. One way or the other. It was right. like, you know, maybe this is my last year in wrestling. Have some fun. Right. And then deuces, Kia. Yeah. And and so you, you lasted, you, you stayed a year, and then it got not fun. It got very not fun. <laughs> and then what happens? Uh, I 
leave and two months later I get a call saying hey Kia there's a script about Glow and I think you should read for it who called you Brian Wittenstein he's now my rep he was a friend of mine in wrestling yeah back in my first TNA days and now he's a Hollywood agent uh huh and he gives me a call and he's like there's this part and it was for Cherry actually yeah and and I didn't get Cherry and I was like oh no he's like but wait 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 there's more yeah there's this other part <laughs> they liked your tape they they want you know yeah. that word bubbly came up again yeah um, they want you to read for something else and I'm like okay and I was actually on my way to Japan at the time to do um, a show for Aja Aja Kong her 30th anniversary and I'm in the I'm in the airport and I'm cutting reading the sides and everything and we put it together and we send it in and about a month later they called and said yeah you got Tame and I was like yes oh and and, and, and the rest is history and the rest is history well you did a great job Thank you. And I think that, like, you know, we had that one big scene together that you were nervous about where you come into the office. Oh, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so but nervous. You, but you were so good. Oh, thank you. I was Mark. nervous, too. I was nervous the whole time, kind of. I didn't know. You know, like. <laughs> I couldn't tell because you float. Like, you, you, <laughs> watching you are Sam Sylvia. <laughs> I became that guy pretty good. Yes. But you were great. I mean, everything you did was great. And I, I like, even, you know, there's a scene there, there's a brief moment. Where, you know, when you take Betty's baby, that was just so beautiful. <laughs> you know, like you, like, it seems to me that whatever experience you had, you know, in performing, you know, really enabled you, like you were comfortable in your body and you were expressive and your emotions were right there all the time. Mm. And like, you know, you, you knew how to act. I don't know if you knew you did, but you definitely did. Oh, thank you. I you, grew up in acting. I don't know if I. No. We didn't talk about that. No, we didn't. My mom was an actress. Oh, really? And then later transformed behind the camera. And, you know, that's why she was so, she knew what to do to get on with a fortune. She was an actress and dramatic. Oh, really? Yeah, she actually did a movie. She starred in a movie with Americana, a glow girl, Uh called Provoked. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up going to auditions. I never got a principal part, but I did some, uh, back then we called it extra work. Today we call it background work. My brother got some principal stuff. But yeah, I grew up on sets and stuff. Oh, so you knew it. Took took drama, and I was a drama nerd in school. Was in plays and whatnot. Oh, so, so it was entertainment's like, yeah. always been. And I, like Ruth, yeah, I thought wrestling would be my way in to entertainment. Uh-huh. It took fifteen effing years, but now I'm finally a principal actor on a show. But that was so in your mind. That was part of your original intention. Uh, what, yeah, I mean, I mean, I loved wrestling, right? But it, you know, my mom always wanted to be like that star, but she put being a mom first and took yeah. care of her kids. Right. You know? And I thought, you know, yeah, if I can get into wrestling, I mean, look at The Rock, you yeah. know, because at the time he was doing uh, right when I got into wrestling, he was doing The Mummy and he did The Scorpion King. Was, so you knew that was a possibility. I knew that was a possibility. And 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 then Stone Cold Steve Austin was on like the Chuck Norris Whatever Chuck Norris was doing at the time, yeah, was, yeah, uh, like um, uh, yeah, that guess, the, something Texas Rangers, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's a po- yeah. And then you just got taken away by wrestling. I did. I got my- mad. It <laughs> I mean, because like it was just like very comfortable. Yeah, I knew, I knew how to do it in my sleep. Like I yeah. said, I was on autopilot during you know yeah. all my depression. So I was like, well, yeah, I know how to fight so, and play fights. So, so yeah. So this was a, a big break. You know it, that you know you want you. This was part of the goal. Yes. It wasn't like, you know, we took her away from wrestling. No. 
<laughs> no, it was not. It's so it's sad your mom couldn't see it. It's very sad. She would, but you know, Liz and Carly were great. They put little nods to her in the show, like on my head shot and back with some things that she did. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, she later became the contestant coordinator for Family Feud. So they put in there that I was the audience coordinator for Family Feud. Oh, that's sweet. And so that that was very sweet. Like like me and my sister were like, gosh, why is she here just to, just uh, to see this? Yeah. Now what about your dad? Does he is he part of your the thing? Does he uh, my father lives in Pennsylvania. Well, I have two fathers. I have my biological father, and then my father who raised me, who's my who's my papa. That's my daddy. The one who was married to your mom. The mom's yeah, yeah. Tony Durant. That's my that's my dad. Yeah, he, um, I'm, he a, I'm a daddy's girl. He's in he's he moved to Pennsylvania uh-huh. after my mom passed with his new girlfriend. It was really weird because she looks like my mom in uh, a very weird way, and yeah. he was like dressing her in. My mom's close. I'm like, oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) You poor. He loved her, though. Like, he loved her. So we kind of got it. We're like, oh, that's my mama's stuff. Oh, wait, that's right. You're broken, dude. (laughs) Go ahead. Go at it. Here's a jacket. (laughs) Is he still around? Yes. My father is very, very, he checks in on me all the time. Is he excited about the show? Yeah. He called him when I was on the way to the premiere, and he was like, I just saw you on the TV. I, oh, wow. I saw you on the, you was on the commercial. You was on the, you did good. And I was just like, oh, Papa. That's sweet. <laughs> and what about the biological dad? Did you ever find that guy? Uh, well, you know, um, I'm very, <laughs> I, yes, we know where he is. He knows where we are. And I'm very close. I was very close with my, you know, his his mom and his dad and my grandparents, he was just not part right. really, but yeah. it didn't matter because I had I had me a dad. Sure, sure. Yeah. So you know where he is. Yeah, I know where enough. he is. You know, <laughs> that's enough. That's yes, enough. <laughs> well, look, I think I think uh, I'm very excited for you uh, for the glow, and I Thank you know you I hope I hope we get another season because right? it was fun. It was so fun, and there's so much more to learn about so many of the characters. Yes. you included. Yeah. That, that's the most exciting thing about the possibility of another show. It's not. It's not really about the job as much as like what happens. What happens? I'm, right? I'm in the with the rest of the world of like what happens. Yeah. What happens next? We don't know. We don't know. None of us know. None of us know. Well, I, I think we'll find out pretty soon. Yes. Well, I got a question then. Like, was there like when you were, when we were getting the scripts? Was there like what, did you have any similar issues that your character had with Welfare Queen? As you, Kia? Yeah. Being named Kong. It was like, okay, I'm Welfare Queen. And then Kong I had a problem with. Yeah. And it's like, what you know, what do you do with that? So, you so know. So, you, you applied the same sort of Oh, reasoning. I applied the same sort of, you know, yeah, I'm reasoning. Gonna and I'm going to own it. And, and that's did. what Tam does. She's like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Y'all didn't get wise, my people. It was great. It was great. <laughs> it, it, it really plays. You, you know, the weird thing is, is that uh, so much of it doesn't seem that dated. Right. That the issues still persist. Right. Right? Like, seriously, when you think about it. Even more now, yeah. Yeah, we still got Russia themes playing to this day. Terrorist themes. Yes. You know, class themes, race themes. Man. Yeah, it's it's really, because I, I know that when we were shooting it, you know, we were there the night of the election. It was, like, devastating. Like, yes. it, that, that set was just devastating. Yes. Yeah, and... And so much of it was written with this sort of, you know, swagger and confidence of, of heading into the first female president. Sure was. And then now that that did not happen and, you know, the opposite really happened of everything we had gotten comfortable with. I, I you know, sadly think that the show means more. Yes. 
You know, do you feel that? Oh, I feel that definitely. It's wild. Sad but wild. Sad, good. But Sad wild. and good. Yes. <laughs> Something to cling to. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Good. Well, well. Well. I hope to see you in a couple months. Yes. Me too, Mark. Thanks, Kia. Thank you. See that? See that? You never know how you're going to arrive where you want to be if you're if you're lucky. So again, have a safe fourth. Um, do I need to play guitar? I, yeah, I'll do it next week. All right, be careful, will you? Boomer lives! <laughs>